For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian! I think you broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. So I had a whole establishment shot that I accidentally discovered I could do. Uh, at the end of Stadium Journey last night, where I was gonna, how I was going to start and end shows from now on, is show both of us because we're always doing visual cues as we're doing our intros and outros. Yeah, but I wanted to do a review, uh, review, a reveal first because it ain't it. It is St. Patrick's Day. It is a very different St. Patrick's Day, even from last St. Patrick's Day, where about a year early a year ago today, we were all telling people, "Why are you going out? Go home." Stay home. Stay home. And there is the reveal, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest time in the world. Mr. Craig Lenoff, welcome to HISD Talk Radio. I'm the Bob Ramsey, the Dan Calcigo. That, I pointed the right direction, had to mirror it. I was like, uh, that over there is Craig Lagans. And we're here to talk about wrestling this week. And wrestling that is in the history of this week. First things first. WWE Network tomorrow, debuts on Peacock. And even though we discussed how we're both disappointed about most of the content you and I are probably going to watch not be available until uh, uh, August, I, I'm very much Jeff Goldblum tonight. Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yes, uh, the water drop. Which way is it going to drop? It's going to drop on the other side. Um but I'm very much looking forward to it because I've been screwing around on the Peacock app, and I'm saying it's much smoother than – that Peacock is much smoother than the network. Ha, ha, ha. I'm very much looking forward to that. But what I did find out is we got an email from the network today stating that we would have access to the network until April 5th and that we would all be prorated. Okay. So I got an extra couple months to – I'm going to try to close out September 92 – so I'm right at the beginning of uh, October, and I know where to look once that stuff starts getting out. Because I, I can't use that guy. We, I've been using this list on Reddit. Okay. Which is, you know about it, which is the chronological, every event in the WWE right. chronological order and the link right to it. You go to the link, get added to your watch list, boom. 
Mm-hmm. Keep sitting your watch list at her. Don't know if that's getting updated, but I could use it as a sort of guide. I'm like, okay, right. what's next? Got it. And then just go to it on Peacock. Because I will say this, Peacock app seems to work, like I said earlier, a little bit better than the WWE Network app. There was nothing wrong with the WWE Network app, but uh, by the way, to follow up to your ties, uh, Sheldon's mom said that's hot. But um, anyway, there's the... <laughs> It's uh, I'm looking forward to it. Just, it mostly my OCD and my anxiety is okay. Let's get it. Let's go. <laughs> I can't. Right. I can't yes. stand it yeah. anymore. This state of limbo is driving me crazy. I need um, right into the meat and potatoes, which is no pun intended, but it fits because it's St. Patrick's Day. Well, it was nice that the Hurt Business had the tag team titles for a week and a half. Oh, <laughs> I'll just man. let you go. <laughs> go ahead. I, I, you, you know. Um, the fact that the WWE loves to celebrate his past all the time. I mean, yeah, all uh, the time, all the time. It's, they'd much rather give screen time to an Edge or Shane McMahon or Goldberg or even the returning wrestlers in the, the last Royal Rumble: Christian, Booker T, Carlito, Beth Phoenix, whomever. But in that vein, you would think that. Giving the hurt business, given that the hurt business is the best stable in all of professional wrestling on either company, on either show, on any show, they have all the gold. And since WWE loves to celebrate their past so much, you you award you award Bobby Lashley the heavyweight championship, long overdue in some people's occasions. Shelton Benjamin, a longtime faithful employee to WWE, you know, goes away, comes back. And he's half of the tag team championship. You mean to tell me you could not give one segment to the Hurt Business with all three champions and MVP in the ring at the same time? I heard that there was a segment planned. It was not last week, but the week before. They were going to start off the show for Raw. Why not? MVP has all the champions. He's the best talker you have on your entire roster. You couldn't open up a show with that? No. Couldn't have all three champions, world tag team champions and your heavyweight champion. I'm not even going to – I'm not even – you know what? I always have the race card tucked firmly up my sleeve. I'm not even going to play it because it's not even necessary. It's right there in front of your face. You've got two eyes. You've got two ears. But even just on a marketing standpoint or trying to push what's currently hot, why would you have the manager with all three champions, all three world champions in the ring at the same time? Couldn't do that. So, of course, we'll have another Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander match with the New Day again out of nowhere, a title match out of nowhere. I don't know what they did to earn another one other than Vince wants them to break the record for most tag team championship reigns. Again, for what reason, I don't know. So the New Day, of course, win the tag team title, and they already have a match set up just like that with AJ and Almost, who have never teamed together at any time, at anywhere. We've never seen Almost in the ring at all, yet they have a match at WrestleMania. WTF. (laughs) I I mean... Is there any redemption? Can they just get it back? Is that okay? Like, I don't... I mean, I, apparently... I don't understand a, any of it. Well, I don't understand why. 
there's a pay-per-view this Sunday called Fastlane. I I don't know why they couldn't regain it then or why the Hurt Business is automatically invisible. Just like that, it's like within seconds. New Day wins the championship, and right away they got a tag team title match with AJ and almost at WrestleMania. Just like within Again, within seconds. Her business wasn't even out of the ring yet, and they're already an afterthought. I, I don't and you get had it. MVP as the manager of all th- of both world champions and world tag team champions. But no, it's better to uh, to promote New Day as the world tag team champions on Raw, while Big E has the Intercontinental Championship. But I saw pictures of those guys, all three of them, with belts. All over social media. Couldn't do that for the herb business, though. And I, this is small potatoes. In the grand scheme of things, Dan, and as much as we talked about Black History Month was less than three weeks away, and I was talking about the dearth of black wrestlers and black world champions, I'm arguing right now that the WWF didn't give the spotlight to the last black world tag team champions, but they're giving it to the current black world tag team champions and the current black intercontinental champions. We've come a long way, baby, but it still bugs me that the Hurt Business didn't get, doesn't get the New Day treatment because they are the best three-man faction in professional wrestling, not the New Day. So I've been sitting on that for a while today and had to get that off my chest. Nothing I can do about it. What's done is done. Um, hopefully we'll see the Hurt Business, primarily Cedric, and uh, Shelton return to, to glory, or at least have a time where all three of them are in the ring, have a segment, maybe bring in some, get some new members. Keith Lee, question mark? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, I, I don't, listen, even for my privileged white self, just pulling away from the race for a mm-hmm. second, mm-hmm. white or black, how does anybody look at Keith Lee and go, eh? Yeah. That confuses me just at a basic level. Then you enter the rest of it into it, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dan, the only other current news that I wanted to, to touch on, which is in the Keith Lee uh, bracket of what are you doing with this enormous talent, Andrade asked for his release. He was not uh, granted that release. That we, yeah. And if I'm Andrade, obviously – Either he doesn't want to go because, you know, his, his fiance's there and uh, there is, his options are, are limited. And I know AEW's out there. That's why I said his options are limited. Uh, but you have. Wow. Uh, that's uh, good, man. You're not wrong. <laughs> no. I just thought it was funny. Like, damn. <laughs> but you have. Is it because if he goes to AEW tomorrow, he's, what's he going to do? Daddy. No, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah. And, um. <laughs> well, you have a superior talent like Andrade, just like you have with Keith Lee, just like you have with um, Aleister Black. And what are you doing? Why are, Why are those guys? Why do they have to ask for their release? Why Why have nothing for them? But we'll fi- again, we'll find segments for Randy Orton. We'll find segments for uh, for Edge. We'll find segments for Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman. What I don't understand, and I'm sure somebody can come in and say there's a business reason why. Sure. But what I can understand is, that okay, you have nothing for him for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and he wants to go, then why aren't you granting that release? If he wants to go and you got nothing, 
Let him go. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I don't know. But if you want to keep him just for the for the express purpose of not letting him go somewhere else. It's Vince being the old-time promoter holding power over the boys. Yeah. And I mean the boys sarcastically because yeah. I mean running it like an old-time business. The guy who says that it's just an entertainment, we make movies and TVs, is certainly treating it like he's the custom NASA. Yeah. <laughs> and and holding power over him, like, well, I'm not going to let you go. Is he really worried about him going to a company that can't break a million views on a Wednesday? No, it's no. There's no way he looks at that and goes, "I'm terrified." There's no way he's got that much PTSD from Nitro. No, no. There's no earthly way. Makes sense. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. It, 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 the only thing you look, you look bitter. Doing that tendrotic. Yeah. It, it's, it's petty. It's, um, that's it. Well, if you're that's not it. going to, if you're, if you're not going to grant me my release, then give me a push or at least give me a reason to stay. You know what? Put him out there with Charlotte. Yes. It, at the very least, if you're not going to give him his release, put him out there with Charlotte and let them have fun. Do what they, you, you didn't have anything for who was in the hurt business now and that turned into something. Maybe it turns into something he likes working there. You don't have to worry about it. But the not creating the release thing, that just comes, that just sounds, and if you could, what else, how else can I call it? Yeah, and if you could do that with Seth and Becky, I mean, going to your point about putting Andrade with, with Charlotte, if you could do it with Seth and Becky, and if it's such common knowledge among smart fans, then why not with Charlotte and, and Andrade? Makes no sense to me. I know it doesn't. It makes no sense to me. Hey, just real quick uh, on the basketball subject, since we're both watching that instead of hockey. Um, Sidebar: Your thoughts on the earned jersey? The earned jersey? The one with the Liberty Bell? Oh, it's ugly as hell. Oh, I I, I like it. I want it. (laughs) I really like it. I I mean, it's good luck. We're undefeated in it, but I I I I wouldn't take that design again. I also like that Boathouse Road jersey. Yeah, now, I think it's great. Everybody I show that to go, what the hell is that? I'm like, exactly. That that's exactly. I understand. Like, uh, did you know what it was when you first saw it? That jersey they're wearing. Did I have to tell you? I can't remember. Kelly knew off the bat. Okay, she's been around me long, and I was like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> also, there's a little in the boathouse. Uh, they're the- hitting nothing, are they? <laughs> They're not hitting shit. But also in the in the Bloodhouse Road jersey, there's a little TTP. T- yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I I don't know. I just you know uh, Kelly and Paul and and the guys at Stadium Journey. We talk about designs and jerseys all the time. We're jersey nerds, mostly yeah. hockey. Mm-hmm. But I love basketball. I was raised. It's weird. I played baseball. <laughs> I was told I can't play basketball because of my size, so I never tried. Okay. Except for out front. Mm-hmm. And people hated me because I was always a contact. Sort of contact sport. I'm like, it is a contact yes, sport. You're is. a pussy. And <laughs> <laughs> it was never played basketball for more than five minutes out anywhere, on the, especially in the background or I, in I, the playground. It's a contact sport. Ironically, the only one of our friends that actually played for the high school basketball team yeah. never complained because he knows it's a contact sport. <laughs> He'd be right. off the side where everybody's yelling at me. He'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> Which goes back to the story that I like telling is my little mom, 
also played for the high school basketball team, and she was at the same high school. Yeah. And she got challenged by a friend of hers out front against her house once. The, you know, the net and the hoop were uh, yeah. above the garage, and mm-hmm. she went up for a layup. This guy tried to block her, and she was like, no. And they, she forced her way in, got the layup, and all the way down because of their weight, took him into the garage door and slid open against his stomach, slid open against the door handle. Ow. But not a contact sport. <laughs> um, I can uh, win in my- – in my, in, my, in my youth, um, we didn't have a uh, we didn't have a, a, a goal so much as you. We got an old tire iron, the frame of an old tire. Right. Yeah, okay. And we yeah. wedged it into the porch of my my back door neighbor Anthony. He was across the. Uh, oh wow! All shared one long one long cement concrete. <sighs> That um, I used to skateboard, ride bicycles down, play dodgeball, street hockey, everything. So, uh, and this is in in short shorts and tube socks, so no protection, no helmets, no pads, <laughs> nothing like that. So the little tire iron we used to play basketball, we just had it wedged in the uh, in the porch in between the gate and the the, the the porch. So balls would go in, and every once in a while would come down. So this one time, uh, ball hit the rim, and it, I went up looking for the rebound, and the tire frame iron came right down on the bridge of my nose and i screamed so loud my mother who was on the other side this is in the back of the house my mother's on the other side in the front of the house talking to the neighbor and she heard me scream her bobby says just tickling oh i heard that (laughs) (laughs) no the entire neighborhood heard that so like i think a couple of you know birds flew away and Car stopped and record needle skipped. Uh-huh. It was a loud, loud scream. So yes, playing basketball. Summer in the city. <laughs> record scratch. Uh, yes. So basketball is a contact sport. Uh, if you're if you're scoring at home. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a contact sport. But uh, but uh, just this. Believe it or not, I remember what the initial thing was. Ooh, um, we're talking about your. I know it's a. <laughs> mark your calendars on. 3-17-2021 at 8.32 p.m. Dan remembered what the original point was. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's a St. Patrick's Day miracle. It's a St. Patrick's Day miracle. Well, we always talk about jersey designs, and I always kind of lament the fact that, and I love basketball jerseys, mm-hmm. uh, but like I said, I grew up playing baseball and hockey instead of basketball, which I really liked, but I wasn't allowed because they're like, you're not playing. Get out of here, midget. <laughs> That's them calling me that. Back in the day. Um, but it, uh, I used to watch basketball and hockey incessantly. Yeah. I like the similarities, even though they're not similar to the play developing in hockey mm-hmm. as I would in basketball. People go, well, I don't want – kind of the same, not really, but it's yeah. like, yeah, it's kind of the same. Yeah, it's human chess. You're all you're yeah. trying to get together the right move, and that's what I like about – uh, basketball and and hockey. There's there's one ball, there's one puck, but you have to get everyone in, in a, a correct position to get a good shot or to get a clean look, as yeah. it was. But the jerseys, I always yeah. lament the fact that there's not a lot of basketball jerseys with just logos on the front. Yeah. And again, to the original point, which I remembered, I like the Liberty Bell jersey because even though there's a number on top, it's a Liberty Bell in front. Yes. I'm like, you know, yes. Silly, yeah. yes, off-white. 
I want that jersey. I just want it because it's different. I like that jersey a lot. Mm-hmm. I wish – I have this weird wish that Sixers fans will think I'm nuts because I want to go to the Iverson days but keep the red, white, and blue. Yeah. Like, take what they had, modify it, and go back to that, mm-hmm. and put the the classic 76ers right big on the shorts like they used – like, yeah. boom, right down there. You can have the secondary logo be the class. I liked those jersey, the blue. I didn't so much like it when it was gold also, but I liked it more when the white replaced the gold and the black and white jersey and the blue and white jersey and the red and white yeah. jerseys were my favorite. I just, that's just me. I know it's blasphemous. No, it's not. Oh, you're the only one that told me I'm allowed to say that. The rest yeah. like, no! <laughs> no, I, I, I love that uh, design. I was like the um, – the, I was like the, the – the, Original the uh, the Dr. J version of the uh, the the white I and they brought it back with the stars on the side yeah. of the um and I always like that that version even the 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 Iverson ones with the black with the Sixers and the with the uh, gold trim they could bring that back um on one of the sites I don't know if you're part of the Sixers twenty four seven a fan created uh, the Spectrum jerseys. There was Sixers jersey with the Spectrum logos on the side of the the, the, the color bar of the Spectrum. Oh, uh, yeah, I send that to me, please. Yes, I will definitely send that to you. But I was like, this. I know a fan created this, but if there's anyone from marketing gets a hold of this picture from the Sixers, please make this a jersey. There I'll are that in a second. There are a few. There's not a lot, but there are a few because hockey jer- fan creation hockey jerseys is like. If it was a business, they'd be making tons of money, right? Right. Uh-huh. There's so many sites and so many people that do good things. But there's very little designs where, like, I can see an NHL team green light that. But every now and then one comes down the pike, you're like, mm-hmm. I know it's better what they're doing now. I, yeah. can, you, can you do that? <laughs> and it almost happened. I'd say it kind of happened with that Capitals third jersey. Yeah. That new one with the Washington Monument in the center. That's kind of like what I saw fan creations do, and all of a sudden, boom, they went with the more red one from that Winter Classic that year, but they went blue. But that's kind of what happened. Because the Capitals, we talk all the time, Capitals never had a great list. <laughs> on top of the word always being lowercase in there called the Capitals. Yeah. Uh, this has been endorsed. I'm not saying anything is going to get me hit. Um, no. Then you had the eagle that crashed into the the ground, and then you're back to, you know, a lowercase font, which makes me laugh. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, you can't change the flyers much, but I very much would like them to go back to the 80s to mid-2000s jerseys. Yeah. And get rid of anything. And this is not going to be a rant. This is the wrong show. Mm-hmm. Anything resembling the Broad Street Bullies days, which really? is what this jersey is a throwback to is the old glory days. <laughs> I'm so tired of living in the past. We yeah. got rid of Kate Smith. We yeah. got rid of the spectrum. Get rid of the the That's throwback. We get rid of them. Move on because we can't, apparently. No. And with that being said, let's bring it back to wrestling. Yes. And take over with the wrestling history. Oh, thank you, Dan. And gentlemen and ladies, on this glorious day of St. Patrick, as we celebrate uh, March 17th, 
And I'm still celebrating March 16th, yesterday being 316. Don't trust anyone, by the way. Uh, we are going to look back on this particular week of professional wrestling. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, because uh, it's a WrestleMania week. Uh, several dates in this, this particular week in professional wrestling were uh, big days in WrestleMania history I'm going to share with you today. And... Uh, we're going to go back to a time where there was turnaway crowds packed in the coliseums without any social distancing. There was multiple events in multiple parts of the country on the same day. That's how popular professional wrestling was. You can go from a different part of the country seeing the same organization. That's how big and global, globally popular they were. And back when titles were called belts, back when there was wrestling in all 50 states, and back when sports entertainment was professional wrestling. Uh, we're going to start in March 12, 1983, Greensboro, North Carolina, at the Greensboro Coliseum. This was probably the most important tag team match uh, in the NWA at the time. This was a culmination of the tag team feud between then NWA tag team champions Don Cronodal and Sergeant Slaughter going up against the tag team of Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. They had been on this feud for six months uh, and was red hot, not just in the NWA, but in Toronto, uh, where also the, the NWA uh, headquarters was based. And this was a culmination of their feud. Now, this day, March 12, 1983, was so big at the Greensboro Coliseum. It sold out in minutes. And they had to turn the 16,000 fans away. To the point where it got so bad. The traffic towards Greensboro was so bad. They had to break in to local programming with news alerts telling people, telling fans, if you're on your way to the Coliseum, don't go. It's sold out. Traffic is backed up on the the, uh, the expressway leading to the Coliseum. It's was already jammed. So that's how big a ticket this was. And that's how incredibly popular this program was. And it was this match that gave birth to Stargate. Held ah. six months later at that same Greensboro, North Carolina uh, Coliseum because then the uh, NWA president and the the booker agent, Sandy Scott, knew if we can do this again, if we're getting turn away crowds for this, for this tag team title match, which wasn't, which was the main event, uh, we can do this later on and have a bigger event with the same type of, of, of flow, and the four men involved, uh, Don Cronodal, Sergeant Slaughter, Jay Youngblood, and and Ricky Steamboat, uh, just captured uh, tag team wrestling that people hadn't seen before, and if you, I always try to give you homework, wrestling historian fans, if you've ever seen any uh, of the uh, Sergeant the Slaughter, Cronodal, Steamboat, Youngblood feud on YouTube, Please do yourself a favor and watch it. 
uh, the tag team at its finest. And what I always implore you to do when you look at those matches back in the 80s, back when tag team wrestling was tag team wrestling, look at the crowd. Look at the crowd. This was a cage match, March 12, 1983, when Steve and Youngblood went over uh, Slaughter and Cornodal, the loudest thing anyone had ever heard at the time. And Ricky Steamboat himself has said, you know, uh, people will come up and say, you know, my WrestleMania three match with Sergeant Slaughter or my Clash of Champions match with Rick, with, uh, Rick Flair. But for me, he said, one of my favorite matches will always be the March 12, 1983 with me and Youngblood versus Slaughter and Cornodal. The, uh, the intensity was unmatched. The crowd, for every time they went at it, even when it was the house show with those four guys, was out the was was through the roof. But March 12, 1983, uh, the uh, tag team, the NWA tag team title match between Slaughter and Cronodal, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, 16,000 fans turned away uh, and really gave birth to uh, Starcade. It's it. It's still that's still nuts that even in those days that we're turning that many people away. And I've been to that arena. It's a big it's a big place. Yes. Yes. So, so for it to be sold out and for sixteen thousand fans to be turned away to the point where it caused major traffic jams all across North Carolina and all over Greensboro and parts south and east, west and north. They had to break into local local programming to update the traffic jam and to tell folks not to come down Hi, to the stadium. I'm Bill Smith. Go home. Yes. Thanks. Hey, are you a wrestling fan? Think about going out to Coliseum and see, check out the matches? Don't. You want to know how big Greensboro is, like that main area around the arena? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's Greensboro right there. Mm-hmm. Everything else is suburbs and rural, and then it turns to rural. Yeah. So that was a big deal. And uh, and like I said, it was the main event, but the, the, the rest of that card, there was no slouch. Uh, Roddy Piper defended the uh, the uh, NWA TV title against Dick Slater. Um, and uh, they, the TV title was on up, the, up for grabs for the first 15 minutes, and Slater was the champion, and Roddy pinned him in 17 minutes. So he won the bout, but didn't win the title because it wasn't within 15 minutes. And uh, the... The uh, United States heavyweight champion, Greg Valentine, went to a one-hour draw with the NWA heavyweight champion, Ric Flair, on that bout, on that same bout. So that was a packed card, March 12, 1983, wrestling with King, at least it was in Greensboro. But on that same date, Dan, in uh, 1988, the uh, WWF had four events on the same day. In, okay. uh, in Landover, Maryland, in the matinee, uh, Andre took on Bam Bam Bigelow, and the main event was Hulk Hogan versus Virgil. <laughs> All right. But it did 8,500 fans. 8,500 fans for a matinee show in Landover. What do I know? With, with that's more. That's more people that were watching the Capitals in those days. I tell you, <laughs> yes. And uh, on th- that same day, also in El Paso, on that same day, uh, Ultimate Warrior defeated Harley Race, King Harley Race, and Hacksaw Duggan won an 18-man battle royal. That was in El Paso. In Chicago, uh, the six-man tag team main event with Randy Savage and Strike Force 
Randy Savage and Tito Santana, Rick Martel, defeating the Honky Tonk Man and the Heart Foundation in a cage match. Not to be outdone, also in Philly on the same what? day. Yes. <laughs> you know, they, they had the matinee in Landover in Philly that night, and the uh, main event was Hulk Hogan defeating Ted DiBiase in a lumberjack match, and that drew 10,731 folks to the spectrum. So, uh, four events on the same day, Landover, Maryland, El Paso, Texas, Chicago, Illinois, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, all on March 12, 1988. But, but Wednesday's amazing. They get under a million views. Yeah. <laughs> uh, March 14th, uh, 1987, um, Another uh, Saturday, uh, edition of Saturday Night's main event. Uh, this was a big one. This was the first um, first time Hogan and Andre would be in the same ring since uh, their um, leading up to uh, WrestleMania three. Okay, that's where I was like, yeah. like wait, before yeah. or after? I got you. Yeah, and um, they never got. They never touched each other. They were going to square off, and then Paul Orndorff attacked Hogan from behind, and um, they both were eliminated independent of each other. And the winner of that battle royal turned out to be Hercules, uh, tossing out Billy Jack Haynes uh, <laughs> to win it, and Bobby Heenan being very happy. It was also uh, the return of Ricky Steamboat in a match with Randy Savage and George the Animal Steel. You remember uh, Ricky Steamboat had been taken out by Randy Savage with the bell to the throat, but this was the return of Ricky Steamboat. Uh, during the match, Steele was, run, was gesturing, come, come, and Ricky Steamboat came running out, and um, fans went nuts, and that would set up, and Steamboat returning to uh, go after Savage, and Hogan and Andre facing off with each other was all to set up WrestleMania three later on uh, that month, but interesting that to set up both of those feuds, neither one of those guys ever touched each other. When Steamboat ran in the ring, Savage ran the other way, and a big 20-man battle royal between Hogan and Andre. Hogan and Andre never touched. Not until WrestleMania three. Oh, and by the way, that Saturday night's main event that aired March 14, 1987, did an 11.6 rating. <laughs> No comment. I've already made the comment twice this month. Everybody. Uh, also on this date, March 14, 2004, you know, as we get further away from this date and, you know, it, it still comes up in people's um, feeds and social media feeds. And uh, it was 17 years ago. Uh, and controversy aside, it's still one of my favorite memories in professional wrestling. But. Uh, March 14, 2004, uh, WrestleMania 20, uh, the uh, Lesnar versus Goldberg match refereed by Stone Cold was uh, memorable for other for some reasons. Um, Such a, it's so you can tell neither one of those men want to be in there. Yeah, it just it's apparent and. It's funny because I've been seeing a lot of people talking about that Goldberg documentary, that Goldberg at 54 thing. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I wanted to say, quick aside, is y'all made fun of his kid a couple years ago, 
and that kid is swole now. Yeah. And that's what you get, yeah, bullies. You forget, yeah. You that's what happens. Exactly. I said, leave the kid out of it, and now he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, about how he never cared about the business, he never wanted the business. To Bill's credit, Bill has always been clear that he doesn't care about wrestling and doesn't want wrestling. Doesn't care. Never cared. I'm not okaying it. I'm not like, yeah, because Bill's great. I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. Humanitarian-wise, great guy. As far as wrestling, Bill doesn't give a damn. Yes. Uh, and- less than Sting. Sting didn't give a damn. Sting is still wrestling. So the thing is, I don't care about wrestling. Bullcrap. Yeah. Um, but this uh, – just what – he didn't want to be there to begin with. And years later, I just – why he's still becoming a, wants to be a thing? Go home. <laughs> yeah, stay home. And and Goldberg isn't the first uh, no. person to, to not have a to not be a wrestling fan and not love the business. No. And I, it must be a former football thing because it's Brock Lesnar, Lex Luger, the Ultimate Warrior, all felt the same way. He didn't give a crap about the business. Knew it was a way to make money, and you know, and and hey, if you can make it for to make that type of money, they're just throwing at you to do this and do that. Sure, sure. Why wouldn't you take it? Why not? I understand that, and and how that rankles, you know, true wrestling fans, people that did grow up, you know, wrestlers who did grow up in the business and wanted it all their lives, like you know, like the John Cena's or even the Chris Jericho's or the the people that were fans and you know wanted to be. That's all they wanted to be. Is a uh, it, it could. I can see how that would rub people the wrong way, but I agree with you 100%. Dan, uh, walk away. Yeah, I, this wasn't your passion. This wasn't your goal. Go home. You, you. This wasn't. This was a detour that you decided to take because your passion was being a pro football player, and uh, you, you were too scared to even walk out in his underwear uh, when he first started. So this wasn't for him. This is something you uh, you fell into, and you don't have the passion for it. And if that's the truth, then you know. Go for it and to you know to to walk away and yeah to the people that were making fun of his kid don't you forget who his father was you know I I never understood making fun of the uh the kid of of a famous of a professional athlete you know um he's got the genetics bro <laughs> exactly it's like why why <laughs> yeah I yeah I, I I never got that uh but yeah WrestleMania twenty um Lesnar versus Goldberg uh Eddie versus uh, Angle and obviously the uh, triple threat main event. Uh, no, I was talking about. Yeah, well, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and the other guy. But the final, the 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 final, what I the reason why I I, I was brought to my attention so many times this week uh, by other people because controversy aside, that last shot of WrestleMania 20 is one of my favorite memories in wrestling history uh, because of the two men involved, because of the two of the journey that those two men took. And to getting there because that's something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Watching these guys, the same guys that I saw wrestle at uh, at Swanson and Rittner or at a National Guard Armory in front of you know 150, maybe 300 people at best. Um, so and or watching them wrestle in the opening bout of WCW's first bout here in in Philadelphia. Um, when people were still finding their seats, and now they're in part—they're part of Madison. They're part of 
there at the end of Madison Square Garden in the WWF stronghold. And the reason why WrestleMania 20 is brought up every year by this wrestling historian, why it should not be forgotten, because this was the highest grossing event ever held at Madison Square Garden. They did a $2.4 million gate that night. I did not know that. Yes. Wow. So of all the great events, especially all the, the, the WrestleManias in Madison Square Garden, the one that made the most money was WrestleMania 20, 2004. $2.4 million gate. And, um, well, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we talk about losses, unfortunately, uh, when I do The Historian. Uh, but it's not often I can talk about a loss that actually enhanced someone's career. Uh, because in uh, March 16, 1994, in Dresden, Germany, during a WCW tour, we saw the loss of Mick Foley's ear. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering where you are going with that. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, a story that's been told many times. It was very it was illustrated in his book, very eloquently in his book, uh, uh, have a nice day, and he's talked about it on on Conan. On talked about it on WWE backstage, and uh, recounted over and over again. But March sixteenth, nineteen ninety four, in in Dresden, uh, Germany, uh, mankind or cat, sorry, Cactus Jack and Vader. That's okay. That, that's okay. Were, uh, were continuing their feud. Um, they were in a hot feud there in ninety four, and. Uh, Cactus did a spot, which he's done in many matches, and it was kind of, kind of his calling card, when he was being thrown over the top rope by Vader, would get his head caught in the ropes. And it always looked good and looked death-defying, and when you're doing it on your WCW center stage ropes, that's one thing. The ropes in Dresden, Germany that day were likened to steel cables. And Mick Foley... The elevator said, wire. I like yeah, yeah, with a thin layer of cloth over them. And Mick Foley has said many times, you know, people talk about getting thrown off the cage by the Undertaker, the Hell in the Cell mask, getting thrown off the cage, getting choke slammed through the cage, the chair landing on him, all that. Yes, it hurt, but he continues to this day said I've, he's never felt closer to death than being trapped in those cables in Dresden, Germany. Because they were cutting off his windpipe, he immediately couldn't breathe. Uh, this were again; these were not the ropes he was used to being caught up. And being caught up in the ropes anyway. I mean, that was his move, but this was almost like hanging himself. And to get the cables off, they were so tight and snug around his neck. When he put them all, he, he peeled himself off. His ear came with it, and that's how tight. The ropes were, if you want to call them ropes, I use ropes in quotes, and that took off two-thirds of his ear. And uh, he continued to, uh, and he felt the, the pitter-patter of blood coming out, and it wasn't in, when uh, Vader went to hit him, and uh, Cactus blocked the punch that his ear, the rest of his ear, came off. The referee picked it up and walked it over to the ring announcer, Gary Michael Capetta, who tiptoed back to the dressing room and put it on ice. Now, the hard part for Mick was after the, he finished the match, uh, had to go back and ask the referee about his ear. Now, 
here's a here's where the the, <laughs> the story gets weird, Dan. Uh, but during wait, that, there's <laughs> more. During that tour, two of the referees, English speaking referees, got injured during that tour, so they were sent home. Tommy Young and Charles Robinson got injured, so the referee for Mick Foley for uh, Cactus's match with Vader spoke was a French referee who didn't speak any any English. So Mick Foley's in Germany talking to a French referee about where his ear is, and trying to get through that language barrier was a a challenge into itself. Uh, Ric Flair was one of the people that were back there, and he asked uh, where his ear was, and uh, Rick had to. Uh, to uh, direct Mick to a bucket of ice that his ear was on and um, <laughs> uh, tatted it on and took it to a hospital and uh, to uh, try and get it reattached. But that the loss of Mick Foley's ear, uh, Cactus Jack's ear, in, not only enhanced his reputation, but just kind of put him on the map. Uh, as far as being the hardcore legend that we he has been come to known as, uh, anything you wanted to add from this story, Dan? I just like that. Um, Ten, twenty years later, it's still fodder for a story. <laughs> yes. You know. Yeah. He lost his ear, and also when yeah. his tooth went through his nose, it's not what happened at all. But that's what we like no. to tell. <laughs> yeah, that story makes it makes it it sounds good. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we uh, we mourn the loss of Cactus Jacks here, March sixteenth, nineteen ninety four, which brings us to today, March seventeenth, nineteen years ago, WrestleMania season, WrestleMania eighteen, and WrestleMania WrestleMania twenty, known for some uh, good matches. Uh, Undertaker defeated Ric Flair to run his that to run his then streak to ten and zero, uh, which pissed me off because um, at the end of that bout, uh, Undertaker bloodied both Ric Flair and Arn Anderson by himself and uh, won the bout, and still pisses me off because Flair and Anderson, uh, Undertaker couldn't carry either one of those those jocks in their prime, but he gets to lay both of them out and. Leaves them bloody. One guy against two horsemen. Uh, also, uh, Triple H exercised his growing power by winning the undisputed championship from Chris Jericho. And what was the main event, um, even though it should not have been, uh, the main event should have been, and the one that got the most uh Attention, got the loudest pop, got the biggest chant, and was the most well-booked was Hulk Hogan against The Rock at the Sky Dome in Toronto. 68,237 people were on their feet from almost, it seemed, from beginning to end, and it matched expertly booked by Pat Patterson. Uh, the two men would face off against in the ring and then look at the crowd before looking back at each other. Uh, really well done. Looked uh, really well. Uh, the hard part was Hogan was suffering from a broken rib that he had sustained from Rikishi uh, three days earlier. Why Hogan was doing house shows leading up to WrestleMania uh, is a story for another time. But uh, was trying to protect his ribs. 
But the match that he and Rock had, which I thought never – again, speaking of things I never thought I'd see, Rock versus Hulk Hogan, uh, that was uh, one for the ages. And uh, still gets me up, and we've made it very clear to both of us, neither one of us are any Hulk Hogan fans at all, but uh, this bout with, uh, with, uh, with Rock was um, very memorable. It also would mark the last time that the NWO – would be uh, a part of the end of a WWE pay-per-view that was supposed to be the resurgence. This was the NWO's debut at WrestleMania, and it died a quick death because with Hogan turning face after his bat with The Rock and turning on Hall and Nash, um, that was the end of the NWO and the WWE. And but Hogan versus The Rock. With 68,237 strong, made for a very memorable WrestleMania 18. And also on this date, March 17th, happy 44th birthday to hopefully a future world champion, Samoa Joe. Well, no, he's not white. He's not going to get a championship. I just like to see him back in the ring again. And, so uh, would I. Not, he's not that so he's good. doing a bad job on commentary. No, but he's great. Him. That's where I want to see him. You're right. I agree. No, uh, to harken back real quick before you close out the show, um, as much as I like to crap on Hogan, not like to, as much as I, well, yeah, I revel a little bit in crapping on Hogan. <laughs> Piece of crap. Um, yes, he will go down as one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived. But, well, greatest entertainers in wrestling I ever lived. Most, one of the most popular wrestlers that sure. ever lived. But, um, flashes of brilliance, and this match was incredible. Yeah. The, it, it, that moment between the two of them at the beginning of the match mm-hmm. was, insane, was insane, was insane. It was insane. And the match was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's the highlight on anybody's list. It's incredible. Yeah. And it should be in the top five WrestleMania matches of all time. Most definitely, if, if not just for the crowd noise, you know, because it seems like we haven't had crowds like that in like in 40 long. years. Yes, <laughs> that are that invested, that are that crazy, and that so, you know. No, no, crowds like that don't make that sound anymore. No. At WWE, they don't. They have it in a long time. Mm-hmm. One of the things that bothers me is why I watch most of wrestling without sound on is that the crowd goes there, and they don't care. And I, it's weird because it's like, I have no argument against why, but it's like, then don't go. Send them a message. But There's no interest. Yeah, the the 2002 WrestleMania crowd reminded me of the 1983 crowd I talked about in the very beginning in Charlotte. You know, they were invested on their feet the entire time, you know, and to the point that if Steamboat and Youngblood had lost, that place would have rioted. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You, 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 Again, you, there's a lot of ground to cover. There's not a lot of ground to cover in Greensboro. Yeah. But run fast. <laughs> but, you know, but, I mean, but that's how invested the fans were, and that's how much they hated Slaughter and Cronaldo. But you, you're you not going to see a riot now. You know, now the, the, the heels walk in through the crowd, or they wrestle out through the crowd. You know, that, that type of thing is, is gone. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. We're all buddies. Yeah. 
we we know everything about our favorite uh, heroes and villains in professional wrestling. I know uh, that my mistake was getting involved in wrestling in general. Yeah. You know, made a lot of friends, made a lot of enemies. A lot of enemies. <laughs> well, they're not they're not on my level. They're not enemies. They're they're nobody's down. Um, yeah. I'm still here doing my thing. They're they're still doing their thing. We don't cancel each other out. It's not a real thing. That's not real. Um, but I made a lot of friends and I've done a lot more than I ever thought, which is like not that much in in, in the grand scheme, grand of, scheme things. of things. But <laughs> however, gave him an and one, cool. And um, yeah, but the the curtain the cur- the the barrier being broken was the you can't argue that the barrier being broken wasn't something detrimental to wrestling in general. No, on a personal level or on a social media level. Uh, that is gone. Yeah. The illusion of a the illusion is gone, and it's taken away from wrestling in general. Yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. Much like the Sixers have taken away from this basketball game. But continue, close close out the thing. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is the wrestling historian. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagans, C R A I G L I G G E O N S. You can follow me giving up on the Flyers at Daniel 83 because I've done. It's over. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, VOCNation.com. If you go on your smartphone, go to your podcast app, go to Spotify, type in VOC Nation Radio Network to find all the podcasts. Uh, watch it live if you're not already on twitch.tv slash Daniel 83 or watch it later in edited form at youtube.com slash danline83 for for Craig Legans. I almost forgot to do it. For Craig Legans, I'm the above average comedian. Dan Chico. We will see you next week. Have a good night. This is a sister, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Every 
Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Vitez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major feds as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Steins of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, here you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.